Hello and welcome to Football Fancast for Spurs fans. We're joined again by Sean. Hello everyone. And of course Ross. Hello. Okay, without a winning six, ten points off Europe, sixteen points off fourth place. It's not positive times at Spurs. Is a relegation battle no, going to stop it. Not relegation. Yeah, okay, it's a bit of an exaggeration, but it's certainly not positive stuff. We've got some reaction coming up from some of last week's discussions. Question of the week, Sean, you'll be delivering that in a second, won't you? I, I will indeed. We've got a match review of the Sheffield United game. Pretty dismal performance, I think it's fair to say. Club matters and a 60-second debate. Martin Yol claimed this week that our team is not as strong as last year. With £25 million invested so far this season, we'll be asking the question, is he right? Ross, what will you be saying? I'll be saying that he is right. Our team has not got the depth and so on and so forth. I'm going to save it for the podcast, though, Neil. I'm going to save it for the debate. And I, not for the first time, will be disagreeing with our esteemed leader and saying that the squad is in fact stronger than last year. Do you mean that I'm the leader when you say that, when you're disagreeing? Um, or are you talking about work, Martin Could Yell? of course work in both ways, Ross, and you choose to take it the way you would like to. Okay, okay. well. Well, we're also going to have a little light-hearted look at Tottenham's worst eleven. So, I, I don't think the, uh, the squad is bad at all. But we've had some pretty sh- pretty shocking people over the last uh, twenty years or so, uh, or so, <laughs> and uh, we'll we'll be talking about them. So, without further ado, some reaction from last week, Ross. Yeah, I've got an email in here. Um, basically, we posed the question: Should we have got rid of Mido? Uh, and this is one in from Emerson Webster, who's glad we kept Mido because he doesn't think that Lee Barnard is ready to step up to the Premiership defenders quite yet. Probably um, a fair point. Yeah, possibly. I mean, time will tell. He's never really been given the shot. We'll, we'll never know, will we? Well, this now is it. We got this big is man. it. But um, also, and I, I think this is a fantastic point. Can't understand why we let Routledge go when our only cover for Lennon is Garley, who I think we're all in agreed um, that Garley's just not good enough. Yeah, she says ghastly, ghastly Garley. Well, it's, it's a tough one, but. I've also had an email in from a guy called Peter Robertson. He says, it's quite simple, Spurs are missing players in three positions. Left back, left wing and a decent central midfielder. Coming back to that investment again, £25 million. The players that we've let go, the players that we've come in, I think it's a fair point. But it's a bit of a shambles to find that we have spent that money and we are still clearly lacking in a number of areas. Yeah, absolutely. So, Sean, question of the week. Okay, so last week's question of the week was to name the first Portuguese international to have played for Spurs. Now, we've had this debate already today. The book says... The might that is the Bible. The book. The Bible is brilliant. You would read the Bible a lot more if it had loads about Spurs. The Tottenham Hotspur quiz book says that it's held Postiga, whereas me, myself... Believe, I believe it was Jose Dominguez. You and a dodgy article that you scrolled through the internet yeah. to find. So and you can't remember so who currently <laughs> we will stick with the answer being Helder Postiga, but if anyone can find me a picture of Jose Dominguez in a Portugal shirt, I'd be very, very pleased to see it so I can prove these fellas wrong. Yeah, so email in Spurs at footballfancast.com. If you uh, if you agree with Sean that it was Jose Dominguez. And I think it's fair to say because we have so many listeners. If we don't get an email in, then you're wrong, Sean. 
Oh, I'd imagine even Jose's probably tuned in. (laughs) Jose, send us in a portrait. So, Sean, a question for people to ponder over the next half an hour or so. Okay, so the question for the podcast is to name the player Spurs sold to Everton in 1994 for £2.2 million. Okay, listeners, ponder that for the next 30 minutes and we will reveal the answer a little bit later on. So, we've had some pretty shocking players over the last 20 years. We're going to spend five minutes or so just chatting through those guys and uh, actually sort of seeing if we can come up with a Tottenham Worst eleven. We're going to post it up onto the new website, which is www.footballfancast.com. Sign up to the forum and you can contribute and give us some of your thoughts as well. So, boys, goalkeeper-wise, who would you say is our worst ever signing? I think, without a shadow of a doubt, it's uh, Bobby Mims, but there have been a few. There have been a few. I wasn't a massive fan of Ian Walker. I wasn't a big fan of Ian Walker, but I think he wasn't such a terrible keeper. He was just a very, very irritating person. But he was also very rated. He got in the England side when he was with us. The, the, which... time, the, the time that really upset me with Ian Walker was when he let in that shocking goal. Against Liverpool. Against Liverpool. Liverpool. <laughs> and then started laughing. And he lost and a he just brushed, And then he brushed his hair, didn't he? Yeah, he did have yeah. the, uh, the old curtains, didn't he? So... I'd stick with Bobby Mims, I think. He just was rubbish. <laughs> he was basically poor. Okay, boys, left back. Left back. Oh, this is, this is difficult. There are so many. We've got a couple at the moment, but I would go for <laughs> Paolo Tremazzani. I think there are ve- Justin Edinburgh used to drive me insane. He was awful. Uh, He'd probably really, get my vote. Really bad, especially that uh, getting sent off in the... Well, what, what about Clive months, Wilson? Clive Wilson was very, very poor. I he, left, he left us and went to Finchley and Wingate. <laughs> that, that's says, how good he was. Says a lot. But I'm sticking with Tremazani. Okay. Uh, and right back, boys. Dean Austin. Um, to be fair, I, I said this to Sean a little bit earlier on. He was very, very good before he broke his leg. And then he came back after that and he was just absolutely shocking. Yeah, he was poor. And those uh, two centre-halves now... I've got Kevin Scott and I think Stuart Nevercott was awful. Ross, I think, trying to overrule me on Nevercott, but I think he was shocking. Well, I think Jason Cundy has got to be up there with one of our worst players but ever. You, you, can't, you can't call Cundy because he scored the flukiest goal in the world ever against <laughs> Ipswich. Do you remember it? I do, yeah. From, from inside his own half, the only person to ever score a goal in his own half with a slide tackle yes (laughs) he did just try and clump the player and the ball I'm guessing because it was Kundi and it just flew into the top corner one of the luckiest goals you will ever see so midfield starting from left to right Okay, on the left I'm going Willem Corston Either a left winger or a striker in his time at Spurs, I think it was, I think it was him. Yeah, I think that's quite a difficult one to pick, so I think I'll just agree with you, Sean, because it makes my life easier. Yes, and uh, central midfield? This one's quality. Um, Toda. Are you going to say his first name? No. Should we say K Toda? K Toda. K Toda. Yes, Paul. And, uh, and Dozy Dazelle in the middle alongside him. We're making him a midfielder, aren't well, we? Because he could probably get in a shout for up front as well. He was he was that poor that he sort of 
dotted around everywhere, didn't he, really? Well, actually, I'll tell you that, I think you think that, because he scored a couple of... He did score a few goals for us one in a really, really poor team, but he was a frustrating player to watch. For those of you who have uh, read the podcast profiles, you'll know that I am uh, the chairman of the Jason Dezel Appreciation Society, so I'm greatly offended that he's made our way into our worst ever eleven because but I he, love him. He's, he's just a misunderstood. You're the chairman. He might, that's how bad he is. That the chairman of the Jason Dezel Appreciation Society actually allows him to be in the worst ever Spurs well, team. It no, says a lot. Neil said that I'm not allowed to be violent on the show, so I'm just going to let it go. You're lucky. Right wing boys. Musa Saeed, not necessarily a right winger. Rubbish midfielder. You can play on the right. We yeah, can stick him on the right. Stick him in there. Team. I'd chuck Redknapp in there the times he played right wing. He was useless there. Yeah, strange position for Redknapp, that was, right? <laughs> and up front, we've gone for Raziak, who has got a fantastic goal record anywhere apart from the lane, but he was rubbish for us. Apparently, he's been booed by, uh, by Poland's fans as well. Oh really? Is that because he's seven foot and he can't jump? And he can't jump. Yep. Yeah. And another another big man who George Graham I think signed just to launch the ball. Might have been pleats actually, but Andy Booth. Fortunately, a number of these players have only played single figures in games for Spurs, and very very fortunately, one of those is Andy Booth. He didn't play more than a few games for us, but shocking signing. And who would you be um, pitching as the manager of this worst eleven team? Ooh, difficult, difficult. Um, I have got two to propose. Uh, one would be Christian Gross. We were just absolutely rubbish under Christian Gross. I hated him. I hated the way he came across in interviews. thought he was rubbish. But also, George Graham, because he always has been and always will be a dirty gooner. If he was going to come down and manage us now, he'd have to get an Oyster card instead of his, uh, his bus pass. So uh, A very important point. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe that when he actually turned up. He bought his uh, his bus pass and said it was the ticket to his dreams. It turned out to be a nightmare. Oh, that's cheesy. That is cheesy. Let's I'm, move glad, on. I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that, Ross. I'd go, I'd go for Graham. Couldn't stand the man. Um, and thought he was very poor for us. Okay, so from a Tottenham worst 11 to a Tottenham bad 11 at Sheffield United. What did you think of the of the starting lineup? Churning out that cheese today, Neil. Churning out that cheese. Thank you very much. Right, the starting lineup. I mean, um, the the only real surprise for me was that Hodgson wasn't playing, but obviously we found out later that he was ill, along with Lennon. Um, so it was always going to be difficult for us. Um, Rocker coming back in for Gardner. I didn't. Th- I, I mean, I know I'm one of the people that doesn't particularly rate Gardner. However, I don't think he's done anything wrong. So I don't know. I think maybe we should give him giving him a chance to keep going. Um, yeah, I mean it was it was Martin Yole came out and made five changes to the starting lineup that played Manchester United. How much of those were down to injury and uh, an illness? I know Huddleston and Lennon were out, but he dro- he definitely dropped Lee, Defoe, and, and Gardner. The guys that came in looked like they were doing a good job because we started well. Jenis got us an early goal, but then from there it really started to go downhill. Sure. Well, we're talking about the changes in the team. Um, I think part of it's down to injuries, part of it's down to indecisiveness. We were talking earlier about do we actually know, or does Martin Yol know what the best side, what the best side is? And I'm not sure he does. We went out and we didn't. We obviously started well, got a very very early goal, but we just again went ahead and let the opposition come back onto us. There was more fight and more passion on the Sheffield United team. Clearly not. They don't have the quality that we've got, but they really did 
put us under a hell of a lot of pressure and we couldn't really handle it. I think a lot of the players just looked quite shaky and not really up for it. The statistics tell the story of the game. We had one shot on target. We had more possession than them. Surprise, that surprised me. But they had 13 corners and we had three. And, um, uncharacteristically, Dawson just didn't win anything in the air. Yeah, Hulse gave Hulse him a really, lot of problems. really, yeah. really gave him problems, didn't he? In the air, he was very physical. Uh, I thought the front two for them put us under a lot of pressure. And uh, Rocker knew he was in England that game as well. He was getting kicked all over the shop. I thought he looked shaky. He I did. I didn't think he looked great at all. I thought at times he didn't know where he was. Um, I know that I saw Dawson shouting at him a couple of times and pushing, actually pushing and pulling him into position. You know, so that's quite quite worrying that those two aren't necessarily st- striking up the partnership straight off, which comes back to the big loss that is Ledley King. We really do miss him. He's out for a further eight we- a further eight weeks, which is that was last week's news. So he's seven weeks till he comes back into the side, and we haven't won in the league since he's been involved. And that's got a lot to do with it. I think the two players that we've really, really missed this season, one being Ledley King, the other being Jermaine Jenis, who, for me, was by far our best player uh, the other day. And, um, you know, he always works hard, always gives you 110%, and uh, I'm glad to have him back. Yeah, he was absolutely everywhere, wasn't he? He's yeah, all over he did. Park. He did have. He did have a good game, and that's what you always do get from Genesis. There's not. There's not a huge amount of ups and downs in Genesis' game, um, and he gets around. He gets around so much, and he was given us something that so much of the rest of the team wasn't given us, which was fight and desire. Yeah, and it, it it did cap it with a very nice goal. But there's another goal, the goal that never was that we should probably touch on. The the, the rocker goal from the ball in from the free kick. It was given. It was disallowed for a foul. What did you? What did you make? I don't think there was too much in it. Berbatov was in a tussle with one of their defenders, which happens week in week out. And to be honest with you, I thought that if anything, it should have been a penalty to us. I thought it was pulled down. Um, referees given it. I'm not going to moan too much about referees. They do enough of that on the telly. Uh, I thought it was a good standing goal, but once again. We didn't really deserve it in the run of play. I thought Sheffield United were a better team than us on Saturday. So, I don't know. Not very, not overly happy. I thought we were rubbish. Mal Bronk at fault for the goal, Sean? Mal Bronk at fault for the goal for coming off the post? For coming off the post? Um, I, don't, I don't know, really. Um, yeah, maybe he should, have, he should have been on the post, but it was just poor defending all round, really. Just no no one got up to win, to win the header. Uh, it wasn't it was Goalkeeping was bad. Yeah, Paul Robinson letting another goal. Um, I don't... Uh, do you know what? I'm going to be bold. I'm going to say it. I honestly think Robbo should be dropped. Well, do you know when the last time he kept the clean sheet in the league was, Ross? Against Fulham at home. No, it's it. That was, uh, that was ages and ages ago. He actually kept a, uh, a clean sheet against Watford um, way back in the end of October. You know, and that's a long time ago. Away from home? That was away from home. Yeah. At home, it was against West Ham, you know, and, and that's October as well, which is just too long for a top-class goalkeeper to be uh, not controlling his defence. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, you can't put that all down to Robinson. It, I think ultimately it comes back to us missing King again. Mm. So much of us, so many of our problems just come back to missing King, who is an awesome player. There was actually a quote from Martin Yo earlier in the season where he came out and said, "We're missing our best player." He was talking about Ledley King at one stage, and he just said, "Like normally, I wouldn't say this, 
but it's just so clear that Ledley King is our best player yeah. and, we're, and we're missing him and you don't normally hear a manager come out and say this player is our best and I think he is no matter how good we see Berbatov is and can be King's an outstanding player and it does come back to missing him we do miss him so I, much I mean, one of, I'm going to pick up on one of your points Neil uh, about Robinson and you can't put it all down to him but last season we talk about how well we did we got into Europe and, and a lot of the pro Martignol people that are out there on the message boards uh, on the internet they're always talking about how well we done last season and a big factor last season as to why we were so good at the back was A. Ledley King but also Paul Robinson saved us so many times last season he was strong he, he was commanding he, three, he was worth three or four magnificent saves a game and he just hasn't done it this year so when I say we're dropping him I'm saying he was so good to go from so good to being so mediocre there's something going on there so I think we should drop him, let him work out whatever issues are going on with him, and then get him back you mean in. Go I've... on a diet. Yeah, probably. Stop eating pies. Well, right he now. needs to know that he can be dropped like no, anyone exactly. else. I in think the that's side. the most important thing: is no player should be undroppable. And Robinson's been playing so poorly for so long that if he's not dropped, that says he's an undroppable player. Mm. Okay, without wanting to dwell, dwell on the point, I think that uh, the fact that Foster got his chance at England level should have been the kick that Robinson needed to start pulling up his socks, hopefully for us, sooner rather than later. There's two other points that I wanted to touch on before we close off the match review. The first one was the, the Tanio tackle for the penalty. Was it inside the box? Wasn't it? Sure. Either way, I, it was it was close. That can be given as a penalty. That was one of my stupid challenges I've seen. He really committed himself and he brought him down be it inside or outside it was a crazy challenge and you can see them given uh, it was on the edge I don't, I don't know and Ross the changes in the second half we just looked like we were out of ideas Martin Yol ended up with four strikers up front when we were 2-1 down against Sheffield United and that just says to me that actually does he know what he's doing it, it's, it, it just stank of desperation for me it does and it's we've, we've gone through this so many times um, I was saying to Sean earlier on, I love to stick up for the guy, but he's not giving me much chance, really. If you go, you've gone two-one down to a team like uh, Sheffield United, and the answer is to put on four strikers, have no midfield, and just lump it long. Then you're in real trouble. Um, not not happy. I think he's tactically unaware, and I think we really are beginning to get into trouble big time. Sean, any comments on that? Well, it's just a crazy decision. Who's going to give the four strikers the ball? Apart from uh, resort to what we do every game, give the ball to Dawson or give it to Robbo and just let them hump it up there to four strikers. Go down to Sheffield United's level, who are not as good a side as us, and forget about passing the ball. It was crazy, but it's obviously that crazy. Was it. Completely out of completely out of yep. ideas, which is which is just so disappointing. Okay, boys, let's finish the the, uh, the match review with the rapid player rundown. Right, Sean, Ross, you both ready? I'm ready. Are you ready, Sean? I'm certainly am. All right, you ready? Steady, go. Robbo. Drop him. Chimbonda. Uh, started to lump it like everyone else. A Koto. Better than Lee. Dawson. Uncharacteristically rubbish. Rocker. Needs time. Malbronk. Uh, should have stayed on this post. Zakora. Yet to prove himself. Genus. By far our best player. We've missed him. Tiny All right. Berbatov. No support. And Robbie. Should have done better. Okay, boys, good stuff. Right, on to club matters now. And I guess we're linking into to the Martin Young debate again. Now, 
is he beginning to lose the supporters? Lots of stuff in the press, lots of people phoning in. What's your What's your opinion, Ross? He's lost me. Yeah. I um I think if we go back or you go back on the history of the podcast, I think in the first couple I was trying to stick up for him a bit and say, well, really, you know, give the guy a chance. He's got us into Europe, so on. But the more we go on, the more we uh, play games and go one nil down or uh, let a couple of goals in, and then we need to change it. The more you realise that tactically he's unaware, and then you look deeper into his actual career at Spurs, and you realise that the positives that can be taken out of the things that have happened at Spurs over the last couple of years aren't really down to him. They're down to the background staff, who I think are doing a fantastic job, i.e. the chairman, uh, Kamoli, buying the players. Uh, and I think that his job of getting the players to play a certain way and win football games, um, he's not doing it very well. Well, we raised the question last week, um, is Martin Yell the man? Well, it was a couple of weeks back, is Martin Yell the man to take his greatness? And on the whole, the supporters were split. A lot of people saying, give him time, He's, he's taken us so far, we've got to put faith in him. And to a certain extent, I do subscribe to that, but I do see the holes that he's got. Someone came up with quite an interesting point, and they said the person that has been consistent throughout all of our poor managers is Chris Hewton. Is he part of the problem? Sean, what do you think? I don't see what Chris Hewton does. I've never really got exactly what he does. I don't think he's, I don't think he's really the problem. The problem can't be the assistant manager the assistant manager works for the manager and it's ultimately the manager's responsibility but Chris Hewton I don't think is a solution to any problem because he doesn't ever seem to do much apart from carry around his little notepad that they sort of despairingly look at when they're 1-0 down which I think just has a picture of maybe the ball with Dawson and then a line up to me <laughs> uh, I think that's what's on their notepad kick it harder yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I do think it would be a good idea to maybe bring in another number two with fresh ideas. I mean, who knows? It might be the difference, I don't know. Personally, I think uh, if Chris Hewton isn't having an impact, Martin Yell needs to be strong enough earlier to make that decision and get in somebody else. Or um, Mr Kamali needs to get involved. I think Martin Yell will be in a precarious enough position to want to keep on board anyone on side with him anyway. I don't think he'll be rushing to get rid of uh, Chris Hewton at all. Okay. Well, good news. The uh, the Court of Arbitration upheld the UEFA ruling and we still have our buy into the next round of the UEFA Cup. So, hey, nice one. Which is pretty good. Okay, uh, we touched on it before. King out for a long time. It's not good. Another one, Harry Kill. Ridiculous story or potentially a good signing? Uh, well, it's potentially a good signing, but it's a ridiculous story. Um, yes, I think it's a non-story, really. It was on quite a few websites. I don't know where the reports are actually coming from. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't be interested at all in signing Harry Kill, really. Anyway, Wouldn't you? No, I think he's just lazy, money-grabbing and I should probably say allegedly or something here otherwise Neil, <laughs> Neil will get angry again I think he is quite lazy and I do think he's quite obsessed with money So, I'll and I think you're both idiots because he is a very good footballer and if you tap into uh, what a good player he is and get the best out of him he's a great player you're talking in present tense or past tense Ross well give him, give him a chance he started to play well for Liverpool once he got fit last season well that remains to be seen I don't think it will happen so 
I don't want to dwell on it any longer. Sean, have you had some emails in? Yeah, we got a, we got a couple in here. We got an email from a guy called Guy Andrews. Um, he seems to be very annoyed about the left side. He said, "Everyone knows our left side is crap. Why didn't we sign? Why didn't Martial strengthen the left side when we had the money in the transfer window? Matthew Taylor, Gareth Barry, Downing, Bale. Why didn't we sign one of these? We needed a left back desperately, and we never signed one." Uh, our only natural left-sided player is Ziegler, and we let him go out alone. I don't think there's anyone who would suggest that getting rid of Reto Ziegler yet again on loan when we have no left-sided players was a sensible decision. It's just very, very strange. Um, uh, he makes a point, I think it's very true, about Sakura, and he said Sakura is nowhere near good enough. The best thing about him is the dance he does at the end of the game to the Park Lane, which I think is going to grow more and more tiresome, actually, and no one's going to be singing his song. Unless his, support, unless his performances improve. If he comes back to being the player that we thought he would be, then there's a chance that people will sing. Oh. But until then, I think it will die a death. Let's hope it does. And he's, he said, all he does is jog and he's always out of position. And since the malaria, I don't think that's so true. You know, he doesn't seem to be bursting forward or back at all. You see Janice yesterday, a couple of, I think, right near the very end, Sheffield United had a break, he broke back, he got back, made a challenge. You don't really see Zakora doing that. Um, so I think it's a very good point. Um, we need a player to take the game by the scruff of the neck. Someone who cares will die for the club and will get stuck in. Bring back Gary Mavitt. Mm, well... Not sure about that one. Okay, fifteenth <laughs> richest club in the world, according to a very recent report. Shouldn't we be doing better? It's because of us mugs, who pay loads of money to go and watch them every week, and don't get uh, anything in return. I think over the last couple of years, we've, we've gone made the right steps in order to do that, to start doing the right things. Um, and I think, as a personal favour, we could get rid of Martin and get somebody else in. I don't know who else is on the market managerial-wise, but something needs to change. Okay, before we close off Club Matters, Richie, a regular regular listener, has said, should we change the focus of our season and concentrate on the UEFA and FA Cups? That is, I think, a good question. It's a real shame that I think we have to, really. We we have no chance, really, of getting too far in the league now. Ten points adrift, 12 games to go. It's um, a big gap to make. I think it'd be just as easy, to, it'd be easier, I think, to win the UEFA Cup from where we are now than it would be to get into the UEFA Cup through the league. I think you look at Werder Bremen, Sevilla, they're two tough teams. I think we could beat them on our day. I think our squad's a very good squad, potentially as good as theirs. Um, we could beat those um, I think we should focus on it but at the start of this season I never thought I would be saying this I thought we should be going for the Champions League and I thought if anything the UEFA Cup may even be a distraction for us for going for the Champions League spot and that's what I wanted for this but season pretty much thank God it's there now Well, ex- the- exactly and it's a, re- it's a real shame and it says a lot about I think how far backwards we've gone that we're now resorting to saying well let's focus on the Cups Okay, guys, we tried to keep it positive last week, uh, but in the light of this week and Martin Yarl's comments, we're going to come on to the 60-second debate now. So I shall cue the music, and we will be asking. This week, Martin Yarl has said that the team is not as strong as last year. With £25 million worth of investment, Ross, is the team as strong as last year? Your time 
starts now. Right, okay, first point, team as a squad. We've got to look at the players that have come in. Zakora Murphy, um, Akutu Ngali, are they really good enough? Berbatov, Chimbonda, Malbronk, I'll hold my hands up, I think they're a big improvement, there's no doubt about that. Zakora, we paid £8 million for. Murphy, not as good as some of the players we let go. Akutu, no big improvement. Gali, possibly one of the worst players I've ever seen. The players we've let go, Brown, Davis, Mendes, Carrick, Ziegler and Routledge, all players that can definitely feature, maybe not in the first team, but definitely in the squad, come in and do a job for us. Mendes, I'll never understand why we let him go. Carrick, obviously we've got a lot of money for him. Ziegler, why is he out on loan? Routledge, as was said by our friend Emerson Webster earlier on, could come in for Lennon when we're stuck. All of these players can do a job for us and we've not been given the chance. OK, Ross, good stuff. Your time ends now. Over to Sean. Well, Ross, uh, I see you just kind of changed the question a little bit, so I'm going to look at the team. If you consider the team for this season, we've got Ber Berbatov up there. He's just a class act. I think we, we're, all, we're all agreed on that. I want to see him start seeing him do it away from home, but he is, he is class, so he's an improvement. Chimbonda is such a huge improvement on the young Pio that it's, it's undoubted that right back now we've got solid, we've got a much more solid player. Nikotu, I think marginally better than Lee, admittedly not, not a huge change. We've also got Mal Bronk, who I think is a class player. We need to utilise him in the right way. He's not a left-sided player. We need to work out how we even play him on the right, get him in the middle, um, or play him even off, off a striker. Um, and Huddleston as well, as much as of late he's really not been turning in performances, I think we all think he can, he is capable of. Huddleston is an improvement on what we had last year because he wasn't, he was around but he wasn't ready for the first team. So he's come in and he's doing, doing a good, can do a good job for us too. Um, shaking your head, Ross, I'm a bit worried. Okay. Then. That's your time, Sean. That's because Sean. Right, Ross, you're a little upset. I'm going to give you a last second to make your final point. Or to pick up his toys that are just out of the pram. Well, no, uh, yeah, I'm a little bit angry. I feel I've got a little bit cut off. Uh, my last few points were that basically Brown was better than Tanio. Carrick obviously missed. Um, but you've really, you really, you've spoiled the flow of my, my, uh, my argument, Neil, and I feel that there may be some sort of um, Even with a second chance, Ross, this really isn't going no, well, is it? No, no, I'm angry, I'm just moaning. Conspiracy between you and Sean, I'm not happy. Listeners. Well, it's, it's no conspiracy at all. Listeners, you decide. Do you agree, agree with Ross or do you agree with Sean? Have we improved? Haven't we? It's as simple as that. Get onto the forum and start populating with some answers to those questions. I'm going to post up that article with some of Ross's and some of Sean's arguments. So register online at www.footballfancast.com and have your say. Okay, guys, uh, we've got a, a big game coming up uh, next week. The Fulham FA Cup match, again, back to the change in focus of our season. What are your predictions, even? We'll come on to the Everton game in a bit. Fulham, I think we will still be in the FA Cup draw for the quarter final, but I don't think we'll be through. I think we'll draw 1 1 at Fulham. Okay, so another unneeded game, if Sean is correct. Okay, Rossi? Um, I think we'll get a result. Um, just, I don't think we can keep a clean sheet, so I'm going to go for 2 1. 2 1. I think that's quite a good bet, Ross. I'm going to agree with you on that. 
I'm going to go with 2 1 as well. And I just hope that it's down to people like Lennon, who's hopefully going to be back, and uh, Berbatov to turn on the magic. Matt T mailed in with his prediction, and he's gone for a 2 1 as well. So that's three out of four of us predicting a 2 1 victory at Fulham. Matt has actually gone on to say that our midweek clash against Everton, he's predicting that we're going to go down 2 0. Sean, what do you reckon? I think we will win. Really? Yes. Wow, You've been very, very surprised, but I always have. A, this season kind of ruined that, but always have a good feeling against Everton. We've got a very good record against them. I think we will win that 2 1. 2 1, a popular score this week. Okay, Ross? I'm absolutely shocked. I thought you might. Um, he shell shocked me into another pessimistic guess but I I think we're going to get thumped they're better than us at the moment we keep playing the way we're playing 3-0 Everton 3-0 Everton 3-0 Everton they'll thump us I don't think they will we couldn't handle Johnson last time I'll take a draw now and I'm also going to predict one I'm going to go for a 1-1 because again I don't think we can keep a clean sheet 1-1 that's my prediction Sean the viewers or listeners had a question to ponder have you got the answer for them I should Bloody well hope so, shouldn't I? Uh, the answer to the question, which was name the player Spurs sold to Everton for 2.2 million in 1994, the answer was the famous Vincent Samways, who probably will feel very fortunate to not have made our worst ever team. He was one of the more frustrating players we ever had oh, at the lane. Sideways, yeah. Vinny's he, he could definitely get onto the bench of the worst 11 I, I think I think he should do he played alongside a number of really poor midfielders I think actually so he just had a lot of competition um, but one thing Vinny Samways did which we're probably forever in his debt for was score a goal and I don't know if you remember it against Oldham kept us up we played oh, yep we were really battling with Oldham uh, to finish above them we played at Boundary Park I think it was 2 0 we won up there, and Samway scored a, a very good goal in just a couple of games. I think it was a Thursday night, a few games before the end of the season. And yeah, without that goal, we could potentially have got, well, we probably would have been in the first division after that. Okay, so one for the listeners to think about over the coming week. We're going to be back after the Everton game, so we'll announce that the answer to this question then. What is it, Sean? <laughs> that, question, that question is. We're coming up to the Fulham game, the fifth round of the FA Cup, and the question is, who did Spurs play in the fifth round of the FA Cup the last time we lifted the trophy? Um, give us scores and scorers, if you like, on top of that as well. But we're really just looking for the team. OK, guys, well, you've been listening to Football Fancast. Get onto the website, www.footballfancast.com, register, and you can have your say on our 60-second debate this week. Contribute so, do you mind, the... Neil, if they also go to www.footballfancast.com? They can go to either. Probably okay. the one with the three would be oh, best. Probably be useful. So get on there, register, and uh, have your say on the forum. Okay, well, thank you very much. We will be back after the Fulham game, not the Everton oh, game. About to jump in there. Yeah, so see you all soon. I've been Neil. I've been Ross. And I am Sean. Bye everyone. Tottenham chance to play us out.